Hello, and welcome back to the LIBF Financial Advisor Podcast. On this week's episode, we have John Somerville and David Owen again discussing the impact of COVID-19 on the industry and what the future may hold. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third edition of the Financial Services Podfathers. Uh, Myself and David Owen are here to really talk over some, well, quite substantial things that have been happening happening since the last one. Welcome, David. How are you? Very well, thank you, John. Very well. Take it you well yourself. I'm very well. Um, far, far away from the uh, stresses and strains of commuting and going into the office on a daily basis, uh, working from home, and I'm sure you are as well. Well, how much money are you saving at the moment? I was thinking about this. You know, you know all this discretionary spend, we call it, don't we? I love that phrase, discretionary yes. spend. So it, it, it doesn't count, of course. It's on your on your uh, on your phone using your your, your tap and unwrap it sort of feature. Mm. But you think, you know, that four pound fifty coffee here and there, and you know the oh, quick what? trip into hotel hotel chocolate for sustenance, and uh, you know, and, and then the quick sandwich from somewhere, and then the driving to work fuel that you can't claim. I mean, it, it's, it's this, this you know, despite all the dreadful dreadful things that are going on at the moment. Uh, for those of us who are fortunate not to be impacted by such things, I think the uh, you know the, the, the sort of discretionary spend bit will look will look a lot healthier. I think by the end of this month. I think that's spot on. Actually, when you look at it, you're right. You know, I just think I'm I, I go on the train regularly, and that the guy that comes past with the sandwiches and the coffees looks always very tempting when you're sat there trying to do your emails and. You know, you, the amount of money you, you you know potentially get through is quite substantial. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Flying. Yeah. Well, we at the same at the same time, didn't that? So that's the real impact on the economy because you know t- times that by twenty five million people, let's say. And what yeah. we what we are that's a bit of a bit of dragons den bad maths, but so tw- twenty five million people not spending money in that way, you know, mm. significant impact. It's huge. I mean, you, most people spend what on lunch and a coffee and here and there. You're talking, you know, between five and ten pound a day per person for five days. Let's say it's ten pound. I mean, it's, it, it's an horrendous. You know, you're talking anywhere between thirty and fifty quid, aren't you, for people? Uh, and that is money that is not going into the economy at the moment. Hence the reason why. Um, and I'll take everybody through the agenda in just a second. But when we get to it, um, the market as it stands today is obviously being heavily impacted by. Um, the the situation that we find ourselves in um, and we will talk about that in some length at the end but certainly um, what we want to cover today um, for all our all you lovely loyal good listeners out there is number one we want to talk about what impacts there are on advisor now and in the foreseeable future when it comes to actually being socially distanced from their clients and what sort of things could they learn from you know actually what they're going to be doing over the next what could be 12 weeks or even longer and how they're going to manage that with their clients but also going forward what's that going to look like once they once we come out of this period and my my philosophy and i've certainly come out of the last few days thinking i'm going to come out of this personally my own personal opinion and i hope everybody grasps this is that i want to come away from this better than when i went into it so I want, you know, for whatever reason, health, fitness, um, personal mentality, attitude to work and the things that I'm about to learn over the next few weeks. I want to be one of those that when I come out of it, I want to be 
right in that position that I can hit the ground running and I'm going to be a far more beneficial to society, to myself and to our customers. I, I, I don't know if you've still given that some thought, David, but I'm sure that's um, something we'll get into in just a second. Just the last two things that we are going to cover. Um, we're going to cover education uh, in the current environment, what sort of things people need to do to keep themselves up to date um, from a CPD point of view, as well as actually potential upgrade to their qualifications, which I think is going to be something quite important. And then finally, we're going to talk about managing client expectations in a what is really a severe downturn. What sort of things can advisors do to really help manage their customers' expectations and the situation they find themselves in? But going back to the, the starting point there, David, obviously the, my my little philosophy there of getting out of this in, the, in a better position, being, you know, don't let the virus defeat us effectively. What, what are your thoughts at the moment? Yeah, I think um, oh, what's the what's the best way to start, really? So this, what I've started thinking about, John, is the change curve. Now, mm-hmm. I, I know that's been under some challenge um, for some time, just like about, just about any anything in psychology has been under some challenge by the, the academic community. But but this, if you look at the change curve, the different ste- uh, steps. It's reminding me of what we've gone through. So we've gone through that shock and denial. Um, I, I think some, some could argue that we're, we're only just over the denial um, side of it after last weekend. Then mm. we've got the fear, anger and fear. Mm. There's plenty of the latter about. Then we've got um, acceptance, which we haven't even come on to yet, I don't think. Um, no. And where we are anyway. So, so I think... You know, we, we've all for a long time operated in a certain way that hasn't largely ch- changed. So, you know, we, we, you know, I know this is a very broad sweeping statement, but we've all we, we, we've all driven a lot and probably too much or caught the train or whatever. We've all operated in a certain modus operandi and clients obviously have fitted in with that and, you know, expected that. I think it's a good chance to to re-challenge what we do. And, and, and I think this goes quite deep as well. Mm. You look at the way in which providers uh, expect to um, have, you know, documentation supplied to them with wet signatures and things like that. It's mm. going to be really difficult for anybody to operate still, still in that really old-fashioned world of transacting business, you know, and the world of digital signatures. So I think it goes from the advisors getting used to dealing with compliance on a remote basis. I think we've got to chuck of our, our load of um, you know, and I know this is a huge challenge. It's just easier to say than it is to do. But we've got to chuck away all our own biases about the way in which clients want to talk to us. Mm. You know, p- perhaps they'd be really happy with a video call. Perhaps some of our older clients w- would would actually appreciate the Skype call because they're used to doing it with the grandchildren. You know, the grandchildren mm. have set themselves Skype up, etc. You know, mm. I think you know that that sort of stuff. We've just got to accept that. You know, some people might want to do that. And I know some people won't, you know, but let, let's try it. So I think that the contact, the client contact thing is, is you know, is, is something that gives us a good opportunity. And, and, you know, how efficient could we be if we weren't spending all our time traveling about? So mm-hmm. that's that bit. And then, you know, as I say, the, the other bit is, you know, the, the, the industry, if we say we're in the profession, the industry has got to make it easier to do business remotely and not, you know, and, and stop using the excuse of systems, et cetera, et cetera. You know, legacy systems aren't allowed to do it. Let, let, let's just really accelerate the change. Um, 
uh, and help us help us you know god knows how long this thing will go on for hopefully not too long but help us to carry on doing things and keeping the economy moving yeah you know i'd say the first thing is i mean we are very very wasteful aren't we you know so when you think about some of the unnecessary journeys some of the journeys we think we should be doing even though necessarily not needed um but the technology depending on i mean my 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 dear old mother who i wasn't able to see um just uh, for our listeners uh, benefit it's currently monday the 23rd of march uh, the day we're recording this um so it was it was mother and sunday yesterday um, and I, like many, many people out there, have and uh, my my mother's 72. Um, she's uh, so I wasn't able to see her, which is obviously um, you know gutting from my point of view. But um, so I had a FaceTime call with her, and she's never done it before, and it was amazing. And she was absolutely delighted with it. Delighted, she couldn't believe how clear it was, and all this sort of stuff. And you think, well, actually, it, you know, and my mum's my not particularly sort of financially aware or anything so you know um you know you've got to watch out on vulnerability and that sort of thing but there are various clients out there who a a quick video call it's efficient it saves time you think about the traveling time the amount of time we spend in the car we think we're being productive because we're on the phone as in talking through um uh, uh wi-fi on the old oh, sorry bluetooth on the car phone and that sort of thing but actually is that really productive is that a good way is it safe is it good for you um, so, that, you know, there's so many, so many things against that kind of um, working environment, whereas you could save yourself a couple of hours journey time in a day, use that time far more productively on your business. And when you need to speak to somebody, schedule in a video call. I mean, how easy is that? I've seen um, I don't know if anybody's seen this, but certainly online, if you go through LinkedIn, especially there's several different people advocating appointment booking systems that are out there that will link directly into whichever video call options you use. Um, uh, today we're using Teams, aren't we, David? And it's perfectly clear, absolutely fantastic. But obviously many others are out there, you know, Skype, FaceTime, whatever it is you're going to use. Um, and actually, you know, within a very short space of time, uh, myself and, and I know David has been, we've been remote workers for a number of years. Um, but for those that are just getting into it, where they've always been office based and now suddenly working from home, you'll find within a couple of weeks, this is second nature, doing um, conferences, recordings, whatever it is, this is the way to do it. I've, I've just, last week I recorded um, a session that I was going to deliver at um, a symposium at the Gherkin, funny enough, in London, um, a half hour speech that I was going to be giving. I've recorded it, it'll be, still be broadcast on the day, but through a webinar. Um, and then I'll be available live afterwards for a Q&A. Now, how much more efficient is that if people are still going to get the same message? Nobody's had to travel. Carbon footprint is zero. Technology is fantastic because everybody's got used to using it. And then really the odd occasion where you do need to see people face to face, get a wet signature or whatever it is, something complex that needs to be got across, then, you know, reserve that for, you know, the the right for the right time. Does that make sense to you, David? I mean, that, that yeah, seems it, it me. Yeah, it does, John. I, I, yeah, it, it definitely does. And I think, you know, I was just thinking as well in the, in the meantime, as well, you know, before we properly um, get impacted, as in way, the way in which we do business, I'm, you know, obviously I was thinking about, you know, pressure on underwriting departments, new business departments, et cetera, et cetera, and the providers. Um, message we've been given to, to our, our advisors is, you know, to start using um, these remote systems. So we, we've 
tested them all and we love zoom actually so uh-huh. uh the reason we like zoom is even though we go office 365 and we think teams and everything about office 365 is fantastic because mm. you never know what your clients got they might even have linux so mm. what what we do is we use um we use zoom because it's cross-platform and the thing's brilliant so uh, you know, I, I don't know if you used it, but you could, you, could, you could have like 20 people on the screen, 100 people on the screen. I think some mm. of the packages are for 300 participants, which is amazing. And, but what I like about it, you send one link to somebody, they can click on the link, they don't have to download an app or anything. Mm. And all of a sudden you're there, you're in the meeting and you think that oh, is just so easy to use, you know, and share screen and draw on the screen and record it and all that sort of stuff. It's fantastic. So we've been telling them to do that. And then also to, to think about the business they've got, you know, but you know, you know what we're, we're all like. So you might have five pension transfers going through and a couple of them are going to take longer than the others. So you wait till you do all the completion stuff until all five are through. Well, why not just complete now what you can? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got protection cases that, um, you know, are going to take a while to get through underwriting, which is going to be a bit problematic at the moment if it involves GP reports or medicals. Mm. So get what you can on risk and under the current uh, underwriting limits and then sort the rest out, you know, w- with time. And I think clients understand that they, they know that. And I think they'd be thankful, thankful of the cover, particularly at the moment. Mm. Um, Will's Trust and LPAs, for example, those are the messages we're giving to advisors. You know, it, it's get your client's affairs in order, get through the pipeline, what you can get through the pipeline. And then continue with the messages with your clients. And then the big big message we've got, of course, which you know, Zoom, for example, is great with, is having those calming uh, of nerves meetings with clients, you know, talking, you know, about obviously, you know, you you the client, a big mistake you could make, and me, the advisor sitting in between, trying to prevent you make those crazy mistakes that we can make in highly emotive times like now. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, a couple of things, and I, I, I just want some great comments there, and and two things really that stood out. One is um, coaching people to use the technology. So I was thinking this. Um, the reason why I was able to um, FaceTime with my mum was because my younger brother lives with with her. So um, uh, and so he was able to show her how to use. The iPhone to be able to do this. So, of course, when you've got somebody on hand, it's absolutely ideal. But of course, that's not the same for everybody. So, there's so many coaching tools out there for for this sort of thing. YouTube's absolutely full of it. Point your clients towards them so that they can learn how to use it for themselves. I think that's absolutely essential. Let's not assume that everybody knows how to use this technology for the first time every time. Um, basically, you know, when whenever you talk to an IT team, they seem to think that everybody else works in IT so they'll talk in terms of right you've got to get your VPN this and you've got to get this done you think hang on a minute I don't give me a minute I wasn't trained in IT I don't know this stuff and of course that's how your clients might feel so you need to be able to talk to them at the right level really you've got to be careful there and just sort of coach them um, uh, coach them through it so that in itself is is really important then go back to the life insurance thing um, yeah you know something that was very poignant actually I thought it was something it, it was d- um, said by one of the government advisors I, don't, I can't remember who it was that said it but it was basically have a conversation with you with the people your loved ones around you about what your wishes are didn't go into any more depth than that but you could read between the lines that if the worst was to happen do your do do the loved ones around you know how to um, enact on your wishes. And it, that could be, you know, you might be out of it because you've, you know, you're not very well. 
Um, it could be the very, very worst happens. Um, it could be that they've, you know, you you could be vulnerable at that position, you know, very difficult because people are going through some really hard times at the moment, um, you know, worried about job losses, worried about um, um, stress about their businesses and that sort of thing. So if you're in that position, you know, the worry is, you know, if you think about the last financial crisis, there were people who were breadwinners in their families suddenly went to dependents because they didn't have an income. And it might have been the the partner at that stage who won't suddenly become the breadwinner. And that's a lot for somebody to take. There's a lot to take in there. So you need to be having conversations as families. Um, and so, you know, it, the, the life assurance, the LPA, the trust, those those com those conversations are prompted into actually what is it you really want? Anything from, you know, from um depending on your own personal situation so you can tell i'm a little bit emotive about this but it's it's so true when it comes to protection that those conversations just don't happen often enough and you can't get that conversation if you take your life assurance out online you need an awful lot of advice to give get you to that point where you know what you're talking about does that i mean we, we've been there long enough i mean when we both worked at legal and general legal and general being the largest provider of life cover in the in the country um, this was just something that was like falling off a log to us, but equally something that clients just don't get the message across, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, is, is it the result of us being, like, did we mention this before in a previous podcast, but, you know, we're too siloed mm. as, as a profession and, you know, there's too many mortgage advisors who don't do protection. And there's Correct. Too, too many financial planners who don't do protection or just say to the clients, and I know this goes on, I'll just go online and do it there. It isn't really worth my time, you know. You, mm. what, one, it is, and two, you've got a duty of care to make sure they do it properly. I think the other thing is, well, just the, the simple old LPA. Mm -hmm. you, know, for, you know, imagine somebody who's put on a ventilator and, you know, we, we were talking in the office just as this thing, we were all going through the denial phase of whether we should close the office or not, you know, uh, yeah. just over a week ago. Uh, and we, we, you know, somebody said then, as soon as, soon as somebody in the 30s dies of this thing, um, everybody will become very frightened. Well, it isn't just that. It isn't just them dying. If somebody goes into a hospital, they're on a ventilator, mm. um, and somebody's going to make financial decisions for them. Uh, you know, if there's no LPA in place, it's going to be it's going to be a right nightmare. And you know, obviously, mm. you know, the office of the public guardian can help with that. But I would imagine they're pretty stressed at the moment. So, mm. you know, I, you know, it, it, you just feel, you know, just like the same thing here for law preservers. Please, everybody, just contact your clients and make sure all that stuff is in place. Agreed. I I couldn't agree more, David. It really is very very important. So, you're going to come out of this situation. We will head out of it at some point, whether it's three months, six months, whatever it looks like, whether the vaccine doesn't get developed for 18 months, which is, you know, the, the kind of timeframes that people are talking about. Um, there are things that we're learning now that we want to take out of this, isn't there, that go go beyond it. So when we are actually able to um, get back to the office, get back to see people, actually, is that necessary? Or is it something that, you know, we, it, that I think there's a good halfway house here, certainly, to think actually, Let's think about not just the virus, but carbon footprint, costs. And cost is a big thing when it comes to business at the moment. Obviously, there's an awful lot of businesses out there that are going to struggle to make you know any profit this year. It has to be said, you know, certainly retail, but certainly for the rest of us, you know, we've got to start thinking about how we can 
pull our belts in, um, you know, uh, and this is actually part of it, exactly what you were saying. The sandwich at the start of this conversation is actually, you know, really, really makes a difference when it comes to pulling in everybody's belts, you know, not necessarily always from a personal perspective, but certainly from a business perspective, the travel cost to go and see clients, the time it takes to do that, whereas we need to think more efficiently and use the technology and actually, um, you know, had this happened 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, the technology certainly wasn't up to the standards it is today. And looking at what we've got today, there is actually no need, no reason you could conduct your business here and now without leaving the house, if that makes sense. There's no reason to leave the house. So, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's just so easy to say, it's carrying it out, I guess, and we've got to carry that message forward, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, subject to leases people are in and stuff like that, John. But imagine this: that you know, you, you know, like you say, we're we're only a week of working to home into this at the moment. But you, you could be thinking, we've got an office; all the staff work in the office. They all drive in, bus in, and everything every day. You have the normal stuff when it's snow and all that sort of stuff. When it's normal flu type of the year, you worry about those people who haven't had the jab because they could be off sick and all that, you know, all that sort of stuff that goes on and everything else that goes on about running an office. Mm. Uh, and, and then you think, well, do you know what? Everybody really likes working from home and they're working really efficiently and they're really enjoying it and they're meeting up every morning on Teams and having a video call and mm. da 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 and all that, you know, forgetting the advisory stuff at the moment. You think, well, do we really need the office? And if people could work efficiently, of course, what, what's what's missing here is the social aspect because, you know, a lot of us go to work for the social aspect as well. I mean, yes. according to BBC um, business podcast that I heard about, uh, or heard about, listened to, um, <laughs> there, there was, you know, there was one figure chucked about on there about, you know, you're lucky if you get 16 hours of solid work out of somebody out of 14-hour week. Well, you know, that's probably a lot, a lot of that is that, the social aspect of people working so you know if they're working from home you, i would imagine you can at least you know one and a half times double that time and mm. then you know what you think is well when we get back again we'll, what we'll do we'll have a monday morning breakfast meeting set everybody off with work start of the week and then mm. what we'll do we'll, we'll meet again on a friday and we'll have a friday breakfast meeting and we'll check see how everybody is and how they're going on and we'll we'll carry on that way and what we might do is get rid of the office, but we might have some office in a really nice location with beautiful meeting rooms in it. And that's mm. all we have. We have a name over the door, a couple of beautiful meeting rooms um, in some sort of shared suite. And when we have client meetings, that's where we'll see clients. And the rest of the time we'll work from home. And you think, you know, potentially, as I say, it depends on so many other factors like the length of your lease or what you're locked into and all that sort of stuff. It, it, it might bring that type of shake out. You might have a, you know, a half okay office now just because you like having all your people working in the office and you might decide not to do that again. Mm. That's a great way of thinking about it. And um, I think what we'll do, we could talk about that one all day long, I think, because I think now is the time that people have started to open their minds to it. And really, this is something that will run and run now. I think, we, you know, the more we get into this, um, you know, stop looking you know stop listening to everything in the media start getting on with our day-to-day -day lives um and actually that does bring me on to kind of the next subject really which is education in the current environment obviously we are an educational body we're very interested in this sort of thing and and we've been getting um inquiries actually interestingly on cpd 
um, because none of the events that would normally run for financial advisors are running. Uh, as we know, they've all been uh, abandoned, postponed, um, not quite. Uh, the only thing I, I've got to say, Tokyo Olympics, um, I, I, you've got to you've got to hand it to them for hanging in there to the very very last minute. Oh, <laughs> denial again, yeah, it's all denial. <laughs> um, but I think that's the only event that is actually still running, as far as I'm aware. So I've just had one come through this morning that was due to run in May, um, and, and they've postponed it until April next year. Um, and that doesn't feel like a postponement to me. That feels like a cancellation. And then that's next year's event, if you know what I mean. But that's another yeah, story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're all like, but of course, the CPD hours that you'd normally gain from these sorts of events. And it's not just that, but the networking and that sort of thing as well. They've all sort of gone, really. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, so where do you find CPD? Where have you, I, I mean, obviously, Dave, I know you're a great reader of these sorts of things. And, and one of your big things and passions is podcasts, isn't it? You tend to get an awful yes, yes. from that. Except for the, the, the moment, I'm not listening to that many, John, because they're all they're all get wittering on about the same sort of stuff. Whereas I want to listen to the news. The news is far more exciting at the moment. <laughs> it's completely. I've avoided the news, you know, for about eighteen months because all it talked about is that B word, yes. and it, it was just Groundhog Day, wasn't it? Every day, really. Yeah. So, where this thing, you, you put the news on, and you, you you even get you even get Boris coming on at five o'clock every evening. Um, I tell you the world has changed all over again. You're like, crikey, it's amazing. You think no podcast can keep up with that. By the time they recorded one, it's just like you know, us doing this, and this one we're really not talking about. I sort of thing. Uh, they're out of date, but so yeah, I think I've listened to podcasts for a long time. In fact, this is my 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 view. I think the first podcast I ever listened to is one of the longest running podcasts. Well, two of the longest running podcasts mm. in podcast history. One is This Week in Tech, Twit, mm. uh, and the other one is Marathon Talk. Okay. Um, they're two of the longest ones. Now, what, what I discovered very quickly, particularly with Marathon Talk, Marathon Talk, and this is for, sorry, slightly off tangent for That's anybody right. listening to this, but if, if you are runners, you, you'll understand this, is no way could I get to listen to some of the top runners in history or of the current time by attending conferences. I'd never be able to do it. However, every week I used to be able to tune in, you can still do now, and listen to um, not only Tony Audenshaw, who the guy requires a knighthood, but also I could listen to people like Ron Hill, um, and I could listen to all these people, and I could hear interviews with them. We were incre incredibly engaging, uh, and I would learn stuff I just wouldn't normally learn. It would be absolutely fantastic. Um, and so I quickly thought, well, there must be more podcasts. So you know, you know, I tuned into Freakonomics, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Maven Money Podcast, all these different things. Now, some of them I just might drop in now and again if I, if I like the subject of the week, and some of them I listen to religiously. Then you would go along to, um, you know, take a day out CPD conferences and get a USB charger. Um, and hmm. what you realise is the content there was stuff you've either heard about on podcasts already and hmm. several times over, or wasn't just as good a story, or in even worse, John, when you've sat there fact-checking it on Google, you, you were quite sure that you weren't that some of the facts that were going out there weren't probably something I would personally record as CPD. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, so I think podcasts uh, have threatened conferences just because they are just so good. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for one of the examining bodies that I have to submit CPD in, uh, to, I, I got an audit. 
um, and I I used all my learning notes and all that sort of stuff from listening to podcasts and was accepted. And I thought, thank goodness for that, because you know, it's, I, I don't really like going out to many CPD events anymore. No, I, I it, it, well. They, they, it's almost one after another and certainly you know when you're in sort of event season don't you and you know when you've got you, 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 I mean there are times now I go to these events and I you know you deliberately don't pick any of the plastic to try to sub that they like to hand out at these sorts of things and you know it's all well meant but to be perfectly honest with you you know we, we talk about plastic waste and environmental impact and that sort of thing and yet we still hand out plastic pens and plastic cups and god knows what else that they hand out you know and you just think i don't need all of this stuff in my life anyway and secondly um actually it's the, the what i want to do is read the material um but then i'll listen to the guy and then you know so you'll listen to the them talking it's a one-off thing you can't really re-listen to it um the difficulty you have on you know you get the slide deck but then you know i often see these people photographing the slide deck at these meetings which is all well and good but then you get the slides home and you think well, actually, I don't know what he said next to those now, and I don't understand how it all correlates. So, you know, whereas with a podcast or a webinar, you can replay them, they're recorded, they're very easily accessible. So I definitely urge people to go out there and start finding certainly podcasts, do more reading. So there's many, many publications out there. You've got the time now. Just think about the amount of time that we save on our commute where actually we can just be sat at the desk. You've got opportunity to stick a pair of headphones in and listen to uh, a podcast or watch a webinar or do a bit of reading and it's the same with the qualifications and it's an interesting one really because this is um where where you know i'm thinking again go out of this in a better position than we've come into it one of the things i i you're like this anyway david i know you're a musician i'm a very 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 amateur to guitarist um but brian may of queen fame is teaching people how to play the guitar uh, over, over, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think what, what platform he's doing it on Instagram. So he's doing it on Instagram and you just think, well, actually, so, okay, I'm isolated at home. I can't go out. I've got my guitar. Always wanted to learn how to play it properly. And there's Brian May, one of the, I'm not going to, there'll be lots of opinions out there. So I'm not going to get into a debate over who's the greatest guitarist, but he is certainly one of the greatest guitarists in the world. And he's teaching people how to play the guitar. And you think, well, actually, if I come out of this learning, knowing how to play the guitar, fantastic. If I'm a financial advisor, where would I want to be? And we've, you know, many advisors out there have strove to become top of the game, become a level six qualified advisor, or even equally, maybe get into mortgage advice, equity release advice or whatever. And now's the time to really start doing that bit of study. If you've got that little bit extra time on your hands, you're self-isolated, you can't go to the gym, you can't do these other things that we normally do in our day-to-day -day lives, we can broaden our minds a little bit. And I think that's something that is a possibility. Um, and I'd certainly urge people to start considering that kind of thing. Um, obviously, you know, coming from an education body, I'm bound to say that there's lots of exams out there, it's not just with us, um, but certainly something that you can do to, when we come out of this, actually improve customer outcomes because your knowledge will be sharper. You know, I, I'm a big fan of a guy called Greg Davis, who's uh, Oxford, at Oxford Risk. Mm. And, and you can go in. So I've just done it as we're talking. I've just put in Greg Davis, Oxford Risk into YouTube. On here, uh, that's his YouTube, there is an absolute plethora of stuff of Greg Davis speaking. Now, if you ever want anybody to explain volatility to you involving three elephants, 
It's Greg mm. Davis. It's brilliant. You know, just brilliant. It's all on here. It's it's on YouTube. So for anybody to say, you know, they're going to fall behind on the CPD or they want stuff to learn. Um, I, I, I was once interested in the in the teachings of uh, one of the guys at MO, uh, MIT. He's got an alternative way of looking at which efficient markets work. Mm. Um, and I found his old business finance course. The whole course is on, on YouTube from mm. MIT. And so you can sit there in the, you know, in your own armchair at the weekends watching this stuff. It's just phenomenal, John, isn't it? You know, and getting yeah. back to the technology you talked about earlier, you know, the, the thing, for example, Zoom, you know, when people say, uh, I think what people re- remember is old tech, if you remember, was quite difficult to use. So, you know, some of us, when we first encountered uh, personal computers, um, you know, we might have been given a compact 286 brick in 1992, <laughs> uh, and we had to be able to use MS-DOS to make it work. Yeah. Um, and st- stuff wasn't that easy to do, you, you know, and, and things like if you closed a word processing document, which was WordPro in those days, and if you closed it halfway through doing something, it lost all your work. It was gone forever, yeah. dead, you know. And uh, where, whereas now it's just nothing like that, you know. So, so I, I think... You know, people use technology of any sort now uh, to learn how to use technology, to use technology as a method of learning. Mm. They've just got to remember everything's so easy. It's just so easy now because it's all app-based. And the nice thing is, like you say, it's not about having to fathom out the technology to access the learning. You don't have to fathom it out so much. But some people need a little bit of guidance, a little bit of support, a little bit of direction to know where to go. But actually, as you say, it's no longer a barrier. I mean, I'm, we're, we're sat here chatting away. I hadn't even thought about touching the computer. We're just talking as if, you know, we're both in the same room. And that's the key to really good, easy to use technologies that you can just, you know, ease your way through it without even thinking about, actually, I've got to click this button or, oh, damn, have I forgotten, you know, the amount of people that oh, I've not taken myself off mute or whatever it is, you know, we, we all make those little mistakes but you can kind of understand it. Now, I know we're running out of time on this one, so I'm going to move swiftly on to the last model, uh, the last um, part of this podcast. And actually, interestingly, is something we've we've just kind of started broaching on anyway, when you start talking about, um, you you were just talking about cash flow modeling and what have you, and and, um, we, we need to cover, unfortunately, what challenges advisors are having when it comes to the marketplace at the moment and um you know obviously every day brings us a new gift of um surprise for the FTSE to then take another downturn and uh, obviously markets around the world are struggling at the minute um what advice would you give an advisor at the moment though to, to sort of navigate their way around this to give the best possible experience and outcomes for their customers yeah, so first of all, the power of the story is we talked about this last time. The power of the story, John, is very, very important. So mm. uh, I've been handling uh, client questions on behalf of our advisors. Uh, you know, we've, we've had advisors stuck in the Maldives and Dubai and all sorts of things. So they couldn't go through to the clients and, and talking to clients and a lot of them with concerns. You know, one of them uses, for example, my cycling experience, just saying you're going down a hill and you're going down the hill quite wildly, wildly. But what you can see coming up in front of you is another hill. Now, as you're speeding down that hill, you might get a little bit frightened about the speed you're doing. What you might actually decide to do is to brake. You might decide to get off. What I can guarantee is going back up that hill is going to be really hard. Mm. It's going to take you a long time. But if you have faith, leave the brakes off, 
you're going to get over that hill. You're going to power over it, and it's going to be quite. It's going to be quite straightforward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'm saying. This is this is the message to people. You know, in the context, and I think context is king in all this. In the context of where you are now, and I think this is where cash flow modeling is brilliant. And and mm-hmm. you know, anybody who doesn't use it really needs to use this time to learn how to use it. Whichever system it is, you know, Voyant or whatever, whatever system you use, mm-hmm. get to learn to use it. And I think. Uh, treat it like it's another charter qualification, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I think if you, in the context of the client situation, obviously if, if they're in drawdown as well, is even more important. But to be able to coach people through and to show them in real numbers what the impact is, to reassess people's income and expenditure as well, and, and to have mm-hmm. a look at it, bearing in mind they're not going to be spending a fortune in holidays over the rest of the year, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that they're not going to be spending discretionary spend they sent before the two meals for the value of one if you're over a certain age. You know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think it's really I think what you've got you've got an opportunity to spend time with people online using stuff like Zoom, show them what their situation looks like, talk about the different options, and to calm the nerves. It might not be as bad as it actually looks, no. because they might. I mean. Bear in mind, we've we've had ten years of growth before this, mm. so uh, and we don't know when the bounce back is going to happen. But even after the Spanish flu, you know, the worst thing to kill humans in just over a hundred years, markets rebounded back. You know, check the figures. So I think I think it's, uh, you know, obviously you can see I'm, I'm an optimist, but I think you know, cash flow modelling, Zoom meeting with clients, income and expenditure, and if after all that clients still need help rather than withdrawing from what they've got look at other avenues for example equity release mm. it's, a, it's a huge uh, well that's another thing i mean i, I know obviously um it's an interesting one because advisors don't tend to think about equity release in these sorts of situations in any situation actually because you know there are advisors out there that don't like to use the property wealth when you know the, the perception is that the clients want to hand on their wealth intact when they die but actually Right now, I know there are grandparents out there that want to help that intergenerational lending into other parts of the family and see them enjoy it. Well, at the moment, I think it's more a case of actually protecting the interests of their children and grandchildren when potentially they're in a very vulnerable loss position, just purely from day to day living, having a job and that sort of thing. and naturally, they'd want to access their investments, which, of course, this is probably the worst time possible to jump off that hill, if you like, when you're in the you're in the valley and you want to get back up the hill. If you cash your investments in there, you'll never get that growth back, as we know. So, of course, that is um, something that needs to be thought about. Equity lease is one of many solutions that are out there, but certainly needs to be brought into um the conversation with clients and you know again if you're not confident with equity release then learn a little bit more about it and this is the opportunity to do that i think um so that is very very uh, very sage advice there david and we're and, and we're both eternal optimists we we even optimistically hope that people listen to this podcast all the way through don't we this is quite uh, hopefully something that we we, we all experience Oh God, yes, yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely, and, and you know, no doubt looking for that big sponsor, <laughs> which is the LIBF. Yeah. Of course, you know, we, we we're always there to help, and we're there, we're here to assist and make sure that everybody has got um, the information we need. And I really hope you are enjoying these podcasts. And obviously, more and more of these as, uh, as the 
days and weeks come along. Um, David, I'm going to um, leave it there. We're just running out of time just now. So first of all, thank you very, very much. So Mr. Owen, as always, um, an absolute, genuinely honor, generally honourable thing for him to do to give up his time today and help us out with this podcast. Um, I've been John Somerville at the London Institute of Banking and Finance, wishing you a very fantastic day today and uh, hope to be speaking to you all again very, very soon. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more, then always consider subscribing on your chosen podcast platform and get involved in the conversation by following us on our social channels. All the links are in the description.